What's going on, guys? I am very excited to announce that Philly Sports Trips is now the official travel partner of the You Know Ball podcast. The biggest reason why I've partnered with Philly Sports Trips is really simple. I give them my money. I have a mini vacation that involves the Sixers, Eagles, and Phillies, and I don't have to lift a finger to plan anything. I can party as light as I want or as hard as I want, and Philly Sports Trips takes care of everything that I hate. The planning, the organizing, researching where to go, and I get a five-star hotel, non-crazy flight schedules, and tailgates that have unbelievable food and booze, and most importantly, it's a douchebag-free zone. These are just some of the many reasons that I am excited to partner with Philly Sports Trip. I can't wait to go on a Sixers trip next season, and you know Ball is absolutely going on the road to at least one Eagles game. So let me know which Eagles game you would want to go to, and I would love to do a huge you know Ball road trip. Out of all the cities, I'm thinking New York or Chicago, but I want to know what you guys think as well. So tweet at me, at TrailBroDude, DM me, comment on the YouTube, and let me know which Eagles game you guys think we should go as a group this season. Phillies and Eagles trips are booking right now. So head over to phillysportstrips.com and let them know that you know Ball sent you for two very important reasons. Not only does it help fund the podcast, but we'll have VIP events and goodies specifically just for you know Ball listeners. phillysportstrips.com, premium travel for every Philly sports fan and a proud sponsor of the you know Ball podcast. We work to work, you late to work, I holla and they send it You know my pride was colder than Chicago in December My bitch came up in ankle with her mama, was her daddy And when I'm in the midway, she say holla at your family My dog paid me that cup, they like candy My dog out laying them low, ain't breaking no laws, out serving all the rock Beats outside, still fucking in the car, still flipping in the car, still shooting at the car What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball Podcast. I am your host, Trill Bro Dude, and here we are again, Reed Wallach. Uh, we Reed Wallach from BetSided is here, and we are expecting a Kevin Durant trade <laughs> to happen in the next hour because every time we record, something big happens. Uh, obviously, our last podcast was completely irrelevant for like three days <laughs> because Kyrie opted in while we recorded. Uh, but now, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie are obviously available for trade. And how are you feeling about the whole thing right now, Reed? I, in the stages of grief, I'm now in the anger phase. I, I think I'm mad at just everybody. I, I don't, I think everybody deserves a piece of blame. Like if we do a pie chart, everyone would get like a little sliver here and there. I just, I think the actual trade re- request is being kind of underreported. It just like came out, like we heard, like we, they're like little inklings that you could piece together, but like it started with like Durant feels like they don't understand the Nets don't understand Kyrie and he's mulling his future. And then the Nets trade for Royce O'Neal and like 30 seconds later, Durant goes straight to Joe side <laughs> with a trade request. And since then he's like, only- I hate, I hate Royce O'Neal <laughs> with my life. <laughs> that gets the Shams notification. Nope. Out. <laughs> just text. I'm out. Like I'm, I'm a little confused at how the Nat, like we heard, like Durant was a little pissed that the Warriors won or something. Obviously, there's like internal tor- turmoil here and there, but like it just feels like the media has just kind of moved on from like why does Kevin Durant want out of this very good basketball team? 
Like, I understand that they don't really get Kyrie. Like, it's really that dynamic isn't really being reported. It's just like, okay, he's gone. Now what? Right. right? Like, I feel like there should be more coverage around, around why does this guy, guy want to leave? And we're going to get into it. But every team he's going to go to is likely going to be worse than the Nets right now. I would argue yeah. the Nets have actually had a pretty decent offseason. They've kind of done what they had to do to get themselves a better team around Durant and Kyrie. So I just find the whole thing very bizarre. And I'm kind of pissed at everyone. And I think that everyone has some blame here. Yeah. So I'm with you on the fact that I think that whatever basketball situation he goes to is not going to be nearly as good. Cause we'll talk about the list of teams that could potentially be interested in him and what they would have to give up just to get maybe the greatest pl- modern player ever, at least that has been traded. So like, you have a top 15 basketball player of all time who is close to his peak, close enough. You know, mm-hmm. I would say Durant's peak was probably three or four years ago, but at the same time, like his post peak is just as good as 99% of guys' yeah. actual peaks. So, oh, John Conchar, three year, $19 million deal. It, it has to So, at least we, at least we got a little, little drop of slop, a little dollop, but, um, so, but just generally speaking, like looking at the Nets roster right now, like they let Bruce Brown walk, which I didn't really understand. Maybe they believe that Ben Simmons is going to be healthy and available next year. And like, why have Ben Simmons and Bruce Brown? Because Ben Simmons is going to take over that role. But at the same time, Bruce Brown kind of built himself into like a pretty good three-point shooter. Like I felt yeah. like he was a good complimentary piece. And also the amount of money that the Nuggets paid him, unless he knew for sure that the KD and Kyrie thing was just going to be so toxic that it wasn't ever going to be able to be recoverable. And he was like, well, I'll just go play with Jokic for the same amount of money. Then that, that would be understandable. But I, I look at the rest of the roster and I'm like, it's pretty good. Like, you know, obviously you have the question mark with Ben, you have, you know, Royce O'Neal's a nice addition, Patty coming back. You have a bunch of young guys that are kind of on the rise right now. The Joe Harris thing is a question mark because Mm -hmm. Now he's being floated in rumors for yeah, I like don't know. That's, that's probably coming from the Lakers side, almost yeah. definitely coming from the Lakers <laughs> side. But at the same time, like you have two of you have really five of the greatest shooters of all time on this team. Yeah, you have Patty, Seth, Joe Harris, Kyrie, and KD in terms of shot creation and plus catch and shoot guys like. He doesn't get much better than that. Mm-hmm. And then you have Ben Simmons as well. And then some young guys on the rise with Claxton, Camp Thomas, and then Royce O'Neal is obviously a defensive guy. So I like the makeup of the Nets roster overall. I didn't love their offseason. I mean, I thought the TJ Warren thing is like everything I've heard about TJ Warren is the same stuff that's been out there, which is like yeah. he might just never be the same. But like it's a fine buy low. Like the minimum. It's like sure. if, he, it's nothing. if he flames out, it's like – Eh, what are you going to do? Whatever. Yeah, 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 you take a shot. Like, because yeah. something the Nets lack, and we don't need to do like a full offseason, like autopsy, but one, I think Royce O'Neal could be the Bruce Brown replacement. Like, basically turn Bruce Brown from a cutter into a shooter, which I, I see the logic there. And then for Warren, big issue for the Nets last year was they got no rim pressure outside of Kyrie. The the lanes were all clogged. Like, if Warren, who Get, he could get to inside. He could finish around like that mid-range area. He's just another guy that could beat a guy off the dribble. They they sort of lack that. So for veteran minimum, who else are you getting out there? Sure. I don't think it's terrible. goes both ways for him too because he either takes the minimum and joins a contender or he could like build back up his value as a bucket getter off the bench and he could sign on for you know another team for a bigger deal going forward. So 
I thought it's, that was it's the Victor Oladipo thing. In my opinion. It's literally just Victor Oladipo with the Heat last offseason, yeah. where everyone says, you know, his injuries are so bad that he's probably never going to be the same. But look, he's turned himself into a decent role player. He helped Miami in the playoffs, uh, and he's rebuilt up his value to the point where he at least got an $11 million contract with the Heat this year. Yeah. So that's kind of the logic behind TJ Warren signing there. I get that. I just, like, from, like, an immediate on-court help perspective, I'm not really sure how much he will yeah. really help. But my whole thing is, like, let's just get into what it would take. Yeah. Because that's why people came here. They want to hear the, the Durant trade. They don't care they got TJ Warren's uh, impact. Yeah, well, well, look, the Nets offseason was fine. And I think that if KD and Kyrie came back, that they would be a very good competitive team in the Eastern Conference, assuming that, Ben Simmons doesn't continue to just not play basketball. Yeah. <laughs> but with so many question marks, we can kind of all the reporting that's coming out from Woj and all the reporting that's coming out from everyone is like, it doesn't really seem like this is like a, you know, they could get back together and you know, sing Kumbaya. And like, mm-hmm. it's, it seems like this is probably over at least like Woj yeah. even said, like they're willing to hold him through training camp. They're willing to hold him into the season, but both sides expect to come to an agreement on a trade at some point, which tells you like it's probably going to happen either in the off season or sometime during training camp beginning of the season. So I, I am operating as a Nets fan and as someone who obviously doesn't want to trade, I'm like, I am operating under the actual belief that they will be true. You know what I mean? I'm not like holding out hope. Cause like, it just doesn't like I'm reading everything and I just like, don't see it at all. So like yeah. while Your dreams of the last dance is over. Yeah. That quickly ended up. Cause again, <laughs> I do wish that these guys would actually sit down and talk about it, but it just seems like they have no interest in doing that. And, you know, I outlined before, like, I don't really get why he wants to go to a worse team. He's going to take another PR hit and all that. So, you know, I'm holding on a little bit in the back of my head of that Ramona Shelburne tweet, like immediately after the trade request, like we saw Kobe do this, like, you know, the Nets could say no. There's like a part of me that like hopes that could happen, but that's more like wishful thinking. I do believe something will get done. I more just hope the Nets don't like, take some crappy deal just like you know you know clap you know wipe their hands clean and just get out of this mess it's yeah you know, i don't think out for the best deal i don't think could, they... this could really set you back for a while if you don't sure. get what at least like a something to build off of because like at least durant has this extension the nets could get value back they could get something that they could build around maybe not obviously be a title contender they should never trade a guy who could be a one on a title team. They should never do that, but they don't have a choice. Maybe you could get back some young players, which we'll get into. Like you could still set yourself up to be like, you know, a pseudo contender in the playoffs type thing. Sure. Well, I mean, you could really, you could really like position yourself to be competitive, which is what your goal should be because you don't have most of your draft picks anyway. So like if you were to tank it, this would be the one year you could tank because next year is a swap, I believe. Right. With the Rockets. That and the Rockets are going to be bad. Thing. I I know it, like the leverage question is kind of all over the place. I see people on both sides of it. Like, do the Nets have leverage? Does Durant have leverage? I think the Nets have leverage because, like you just said, like if the Nets suck next year, let's just say they they said Durant and Kyrie the whole year, the Nets have a swap with Houston this year, and Houston isn't going to be any like maybe they make like a nice push somewhere. They're going to be like, a bottom five team. There's yeah, just too exactly. many good teams. Yeah, so there's no swap. Like, there's no risk in the Nets holding them out. That's why I think they have the leverage more than people are letting on. The Nets could, in theory, suck this year. They'll still have their lottery pick and move on with it. It's the following year that they actually they don't have a pick. So sure, I do think that that's kind of being lost in this leverage conversation that people are maybe overlooking. 
and also the difference between, you know, Kyrie's his own thing. I've said before, like, would not shock me if Kyrie sat out. He doesn't care about money. He doesn't yeah. care about any of this. He is his own unpredictable self. Kevin Durant, I think, is a different story. Like, I don't think that he is Ben Simmons. I don't think he is Kyrie Irving. Like, I think that he cares about his basketball legacy. He cares about – he doesn't want people to think that he's just, like, completely quitting on the team. He's 34 years old. He is someone who, you know, could potentially, like, you know, basically rewrite his legacy over the next few years, mm-hmm. whether it's with the Nets or with another team. Like, I don't see a situation where he's sitting out. But yeah. at the same time, as we said before, like, I I don't – I also don't see a situation where he comes back and everything's great. So mm-hmm. now, now it's like there are a few teams that have been mentioned. Let's just talk about the two teams – that are like the teams he actually wants to go to because, you know, obviously we would get a report like a week ago. That's like, well, KD wants to go to Miami, but he also wants to play with Bam, Jimmy Lowry. I'm like, well, that's not how these things work. Like that's literally, it's impossible to do that. So like, like even just from a salary matching standpoint, you can't do that. So let's talk about Phoenix and Miami of Phoenix and Miami. Which team do you think could like, I still think both teams are a massive long shot on this. But like of the two deals, I guess you could say, which te- which of those teams would appeal more to you as a Nets fan getting back the return? I mean, like you just said, I th- you think they're both long shots. I neither really, it, you know, settle my appetite, I guess, for a trade package. I wouldn't do either. I do think though Phoenix has more assets that could be moved elsewhere and re- like a Phoenix deal can be expanded where they have enough of like good pieces, including Aiden, which that's a whole nother thing. If Aiden just signs an right. offer sheet, I don't see how Phoenix gets this done, but with the Pacers today, tough. he could do it as early as today. Yeah. So I Phoenix, I know like they see Miami to me, I just don't see a world where they make a deal. It, just, it literally makes no sense to me. I, unless they get some, ridiculous package together i really just don't see they just don't so like any- the minimum would have to be like bam hero take bam because then you have but to trade you, simmons so right and I you're mean, trading it, simmons at the bottom of his value exactly so if you're taking on bam and you turn simmons into something else like sure but a phoenix one which is like a five-teamer you know complex aid and sign and trade the nets end up with like fine like I guess what, like McCall Bridges, Cam Johnson, and like Miles Turner because Aiden gets rerouted left and right. Like you do that and you get picks like that just doesn't do it for me. That's like not what Kevin Durant commands because like I like McCall Bridges. He's what, like tops out as like a three on a good team. Like three or four. He's really good, but like it's Kevin Durant we're talking about. So Miami to me, no, I like nothing. I want nothing to do with whatever they're going to put together. Phoenix – if it like expands and it becomes a really complicated deal and like I have to like read through the terms six times, maybe I could be sold on it, but it still doesn't do it for me. The the real ones that get yeah, uh, you. Go I think on the best. I was just gonna say I think the best case scenario is that it gets solved in the next few days. Aiton whole Aiton like has a team that he wants to go to that is interested in him and will give up real assets to get him, not mm-hmm. just like a like oh we'll send you like random center X and maybe a, a protected first round pick or something like there's like a sign and trade bidding war basically for Aiden. And really what you're hoping for is that the jazz blow it up in the next week, because yeah. if the jazz choose to just go full fire sale, 
then you're like, then you could talk yourself into it because then Mitchell becomes a possibility if you can move Simmons. Because once again, you can't have multiple guys, which is yeah. the dumbest rule I've ever heard. Where did, like, who was in like the negotiation room? Like, you don't <laughs> want to know what we should, like, we shouldn't let these guys all be on the same team. That's like, that's stupid. Apparently it was like an anti super teams thing that Winhorse said, like they oh. like tried to make it so that like basically guys can't sign their extension and then immediately force a trade and be like, I want to go team up with my buddy on Miami or LA or whatever it is, which makes a little bit of sense to me. But also at the same time, like in a situation like this, where like the nets are going to get worse pretty much no matter what they do in the yeah. immediate future, like, mm -hmm. It's not a super team. It's the opposite. If anything, you're helping create a super team on the other end. Yeah. So I I look at it like the the oh, whoa another fucking John Carnchard tweet enough. <laughs> um, but uh, I look at it like if you are a Nets fan and you're hoping for the best player you could possibly get back, Donovan Mitchell is the best guy that like you, I think you could possibly get. He's a top twenty yeah. player. You know. He might be a fake superstar, but, like, he at least is still young enough that, like, I think he's going to continue to get better. There's a chance that Donovan Mitchell is, like, Damian Lillard, right? Where, like, yeah. he just keeps getting better until he's 30 years old. He becomes he, – he's a pretty lethal pull-up shooter. He's not quite as good of a shooter and shot creator as Dame is, but, like, he's a very, very good guy that you can build around. Like, that is the ideal thing where, like, the Jazz are, like, all we care about is just stacking picks Oklahoma City style – and we just want to get as many prospects on rookie deals or just extended that we can keep here for four to eight years or whatever it is. And then you, Mitchell gets sent to the sent to the Nets and then Simmons gets sent elsewhere. Do you buy and I to me, I think Utah is a team that factors into this whole Durant thing. Because like you just said, like the Nets want back like an all-star proven star, and I think Mitchell qualifies that. That's kind of like the best, most attainable guy I think the Nets could actually get. Obviously, wouldn't be Durant to Utah. It would be like some massive deal, probably Phoenix involved and like stuff. Like a five or six team deal, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that Mitchell, like in the right setting, like I think it, I think Mitchell was kind of screwed over by how Utah was kind of created. And mm -hmm. like, I don't know, like Dame, he could have reached heights. Like, do you think Mitchell could be a one on a very good team because I think so. Like I, I think so. Yeah, he's young. He's really good. Yeah, like I kind of I was talking myself into Mitchell, and he. You've been wait, wait. You've been watching thinking basketball videos. You've been watching some <laughs> Ben think, Taylor. You've been grinding I, the playoff superstar video. I was just like looking over his basketball, and just like a quick overview, and I was like, he averaged like twenty six, almost five and five last year. Like I think the way Utah fell apart is almost like kind of overlooking how like he's really good like he's really fucking good Donovan Mitchell like he's someone where if the Nets acquired Donovan Mitchell and then went with like a bunch of wings like oversized wings to compensate for how small he is now the Nets are gonna be a title contender but, like that's a team that could still hang in the Eastern Conference playoff picture not tear sure. it down and you get like a star that like at least, like, as a fan, like, I could be like, all right, we got Donovan Mitchell. Like, that's dope. He's cool. Like, he can but, go And also, he has a lot of friends. That's a exactly. big thing to yeah. me. Like, he's got a ton of friends around the league. And, like, the fact that he has friends and, like, he wants to be in New York. Now, the rumor is he wants to play for the Knicks or the Heat. But, like, you could sell him on the Nets thing, try to make a competitive team around him, and then try to get him when he's, exactly. like, really at his peak or his prime, like, recruiting his guys to the Nets. Like, that would be the most ideal scenario for you guys. My thing is, is that I think that Utah is 
They have to blow it up sometime in the next year. That was but my I, question. There's no I, way they're keeping Mitchell, right? Like that's all. That's how? Yeah. How? Could, okay. How could they keep Mitchell when you look at that roster now and you go, okay, you got rid of Royce O'Neal, who was your starting small forward. You let Daniel House walk, who was playing real playoff minutes for you. You traded Rudy Gobert for a bunch of bench players. Mm-hmm. And then you haven't made any other tangible moves in the offseason. Yeah. That you could say, okay, we got you this center to replace that might fit better with you offensively than Rudy Gobert. Or maybe, you know, even if you traded for like Miles Turner or someone that is like, like you could at least sell the lie to Donovan yeah. Mitchell. Because he apparently went to them and said like, what's the plan? Because what, like I know him and Rudy weren't fucking best friends. They got into shit all the time. But like yeah. Rudy's still a really good player. Yeah. And like just trading him for basically draft capital and salary filler, maybe like you feel good about like Jared Vanderbilt or like whoever was, you got back in that Mm. trade, like maybe Walker Kessler or whatever. (laughs) But like, it's to me, like, I think that if that jazz team is what they go into the playoffs with next year, I don't, or the season, I don't think they make the playoff team in the Western game. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I look at it. Like, I do think they have to blow it up, but I also think that Ainge is super patient and mm. waits for the right moment to strike where he's like, I'm going to get this massive halt. Like if I had to guess right now, my guess is that the heat, the Knicks and the nets have been calling Ainge. Like what will it take? Because the nets are in a situation where it's like, we want to get you involved in this trade. We want to make it work so yeah. that KD can get, get to where he wants to go. You guys can get a bunch of shit back and then we can get Mitchell. So that is kind of like, let's say you guys got back like Mitchell, bridges and a bunch of picks or whatever like i did that like i think that is like real now we're we, that was like a really roundabout way of us talking about like five different topics to come sure. back to phoenix and say if they got back mitchell that's where he mitchell, wants to go too yeah if they got back again i don't even know like what the exact trade is and stuff like i i i don't want to do it like while i'm talking but like if they got like Mitchell Bridges and got back like almost a net neutral on their picks from Houston, like, yeah, I could rock with that because then like you have a young star you could build around Bridges. I think he could take another step, but like, I think he's a little, you know, ceiling capped and like one other nice piece. Like, yeah, then we're kind of, you know, I could live with that. The Nets are still somewhat in the playoff mix. They could sell out to the fan base. And, you know, we try to hopefully put this all behind us because Mitchell's what, like 25? He's so young. Like, you 25, know? 26. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's still really young. Um, So that is like your best case scenario. That is yeah. like Utah decides to blow it up like instantly, like not like what their ownership is saying, like have an all-star for next season or whatever. And then – Phoenix basically is just like, we'll send all of our draft capital, anything you want, whatever we get back for eight. And, and then for salary, it might have to be a Ben Simmons to Utah situation because otherwise, how does that work? Because you can't have Mitchell and Simmons on the same team, just like you can't have Bam and Simmons on the same team. So the issue, the issue for like the jazz getting involved, cause I was playing around with like getting the Lakers involved with Kyrie and sending Russ sure. places. Like if it's going to be a Nets jazz Suns trade two teams need to benefit like two teams need to be like paid off for that while the Suns are the ones paying like another team needs to be involved in that that's where this Aiden sign and trade really gets tricky because you almost need a team that wants Aiden and is willing to give up draft capital to go to either Brooklyn or Utah you know figure that out later but like 
it's an uneven like who's getting paid and who's doing the paying. You know, because right. the Suns are kind of capped in their assets. So also again, the Pacers have 31 million in cap space right now. So they yeah, could so just why the make an offer ball. sheet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, if they make an I, offer sheet for eight and, and and the Suns just aren't willing to match that, which by the way, they should, because if you just let Aiton walk for nothing, you're not getting Kevin Durant. And your team isn't going to be very good. Like Aiden's yeah, yeah. not very good. You're not going to be good anyway. Yeah, yeah. I so I do think ultimately with a Suns related package, it's going to end up being like a five team deal, whether it includes Utah or includes someone else. Like the Suns just don't have anything really that appealing. They have yeah. good add on pieces, but they don't have the one sure. piece that's really going to make me be like, hmm, that's fun. So. Yeah. Again, they don't even have the Shea Gilgis Alexander in the Pulse trade. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the only one they have is Booker, and they're not giving up Booker. So yeah. So it it I, it's tricky for me to see unless the Nets really cave and want to wipe their hands clean of this for the Suns to put together a competitive package that could outbid like a New Orleans or a Toronto, where I think if they get in the mix, I really think that they make a compelling offer. You know, sure. I really think that the Pelicans and Raptors, they have it exactly what the Nets are looking for in terms of young pieces, nice role players, and they have their full allotment of picks. Why would the Nets talk with the Suns when the Suns have like half of that? Yeah, I I totally agree. And also let's talk about like what we talked about pre-podcast, which is it's the same thing that we brought up earlier. Like how much better are the Suns with Booker? The guys that they would have left after they make this trade, just from like a salary matching perspective, giving up all their picks, all the like role players they have on their team, Cam Johnson, A.N., Bridges, all that shit. Anything that anyone could possibly want. Mm-hmm. Then you're looking at a team where the starting five is pretty pretty good still. Starting five is very good still. Chris Paul, who's 38 years old now. Devin Booker, who is one of the best young players in the NBA. Kevin Durant, a small forward, who's Kevin Durant. Yeah. Jay Crowder, who's a very good role player. And then like... Your center's Bismack like Bismack Biombo, which is very weird. And like, I don't know how that's going to work, which is strange in itself, but like, whatever, you can live with that. The rest of that team is like pretty bad. Like, if you want to roll into the playoffs with like Landry Shamit as your best bench player, or By like, way, they're small too. They honestly yeah. look a lot like the Nets from last year. Yeah. Campaign, uh, like you just said, Landry Shamit, like that team is. I mean, they're good, obviously. You have Kevin Durant. You're going to be great. The top like, three guys are great, especially if, if CP isn't washed. Yeah, but first of all, CP3 could go – he could go at any moment. I, I know sure. he had a great year last year, but, like, one, not a ton of floor spacing there, in my opinion. That's a lot of mid-range players for me. Very undersized. You look at – I mean, the Lakers, you never know. The Lakers could go on a tear. Like, regular season-wise, the Lakers could – if they won a bunch of games, that wouldn't surprise me if AD comes out healthy and wants to play – I don't know, but I think the rest that, of that team, unless they get Kyrie, I think the rest of that team sucks. To be honest, okay, but, like okay, I, so I think yeah, AD and LeBron, Minnesota is going to be a regular season juggernaut. They just sure. are going to be. They're so yeah, they're big. Gonna they're be gonna good. Be. So yeah. Minnesota, the Clippers, if they're healthy, the Nuggets. I almost would argue the Nuggets. They, I might be betting on them futures wise. I think that they're pretty loaded, assuming everyone's healthy. Oh, uh, the, the Warriors. The, 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 <laughs> the Suns are in this crowded mix, like. Sure. I wouldn't say like I'm confident in their title chances. And like, is Durant really going to like spite how much he hates Joe Sy and whoever else? Meanwhile, people are talking about the Suns like there's some like awesome situation. Like they're great. The Suns have been like the laughing stock of the league for like 
well over a decade. They just stumbled into CP3 and Devin Booker got really good. Like their GM just said that they don't pay attention to the draft. Like literally the worst. He's like yeah. the worst guy ever. So like, yeah. he shouldn't even I, be able to own the team. He's such a scumbag. Bro, like, don't give me this bullshit that, like, the Suns are some sick situation or whatever. Like, what are you talking about? That's why, like, culture and all that, like, it's you You build a culture. I think Steve Jones, like, the Twitter guy who says all the time, like, you build a culture to sell the superstars to get the superstars. And then the culture sure. becomes shit. Look at LeBron every time he leaves. Of so, course. Yeah. I don't buy this, like, Phoenix needs to be the spot. Like, oh, my God, need Phoenix. Like, give me a break. They're all it's the just the fact that KD wants to go there is yeah, why exactly. it is being talked in, in that way. I, I – I'm with you in that regard. Like, I think the Devin Booker thing is like players really like Devin Booker and he's really good. But like, I do think that Devin Booker gets a little bit overrated on the whole. Like, you know, like he needs CP. What's up? Go to Dallas. Like, go play with Luca. Culture. Yeah. Like, my whole thing is like, I think that the fact that like Booker gets is in in the same breath as Luca to me is like kind of ridiculous yeah. in itself. But. My whole thing on this is, like, that team would be really good, very top-heavy, very similar to kind of, like, the end of that Warriors run, but not with Steph Curry yeah. as, like, you know, like, you have Steph Curry, who's still, especially a few years ago, was still one of the top five players in the NBA. As good as Booker and CPR, they're not top five players. They're more, like, top 15 players. Mm -hmm. um, and who knows if Chris Paul declines? Like, you know... I think that it would be – I think that they would be a very good competitive team. I don't think they're the clear favorites by any means. I think that mm -hmm. – that I, I think that if obviously Phoenix could do that deal, they should do that deal. But I don't think that it's some foregone conclusion that they're like instantly title favorites. So that's the first tier of teams with like Miami and Phoenix, which is where he apparently wants to go. I think that I actually would say like with the way that Jimmy Butler played in the playoffs, if you ever, by the way, you shouldn't be interested in that Miami package by any means. Cause I, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, they're nice players, but like they do nothing for me. If I'm trading Kevin Durant, I do look at it as like, I could maybe see a Jimmy Butler and Kevin Durant led team with the heats system and with the heats front office's ability to get guys on the margins. Because like, the Suns don't get guys on the margins. Like the Suns literally are just like, like you said, they don't pay attention to the draft. They don't get go after like uh, undrafted free agents or like find guys from the G League. They're literally just been like Chris Paul and Devin Booker merchants over the last few years. Yeah. And like, like I, I always said when I was, I was when they took J Jalen Smith and like, I like Cam Johnson as a prospect. So I didn't hate that trade as much, even though I was like, why don't you just trade back like 10 spots? And get the same guy, like get the guy there. Like it didn't make any sense to me. I was always like, it's easy to get role players. It's hard to get like developed stars in the way that Devin Booker has developed. It's hard to do the things that this front office didn't do. It was all like kind of gifted to them. Like, oh, Chris Paul wants to come here and he wants to play with Devin Booker. And like, oh, Devin Booker, you didn't draft Devin Booker. And like, by the time you got there, he was finally good. Yeah. Like my whole thing with Phoenix is like, I, I don't believe in their front office to build out a competent team in the same way that I would be in like a Miami if they could somehow pull this off. But at the same time, like, I'm just not, I'm not doing that. Like Bam's going to make you very competitive in the regular season, give you a very good defense, but like, I don't, he doesn't change my world if, if I'm, if I'm the Nets and I wouldn't even entertain an offer from them. So, yeah. and the difference between okay. Phoenix and Miami, we should say is that Phoenix has a full draft pick haul they could send and they have stuff that they could get for eight and that they could send. Whereas yes. 
Whereas Miami doesn't have nearly as much in that regard. And also Miami's just always good. So why do you want their future draft picks? Like they're just literally yeah, you know never Miami's gonna, Miami will always remain relevant where Phoenix, you could see like a bottom and drop, you know, you could sure. see like at the end of the tunnel, you could kind of pounce on that. Yeah. I mean, in terms of packages, Phoenix outshines Miami, but like it's going from like bad to like not so great, you know, in terms right. of like trade packages. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, okay, so let's move into the second tier teams, which is like the teams that have prospects that you want. Because the teams that are – the thing that the Nets are looking for is like players. They don't want picks. There's really no point in rebuilding. This upcoming year is the only year where you can like afford to be somewhat bad and like still get a high draft pick probably because Houston's going to be pretty good in a few years. And also you don't own your own draft picks half of those years anyway. So now we move into the second tier of teams, which I have my second tier of teams of Boston, New Orleans, and Toronto. Is there anyone from so like of those teams, how would you rank like the 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 packages that you would want back for Kevin Durant from like, okay, we have, you know, wh- whatever prospect is on Boston, New Orleans, or Toronto, like what would be your number one package from those teams? So top to bottom, I think I'd go New Orleans. This is obviously like the ideal package, right? Like sure. high end, this like the upside is what I'm looking for. I'd probably go New Orleans, Toronto, Boston. Okay. So let's New talk Orleans, about New Orleans. One, and then Boston and Toronto, you could kind of flip those a little bit more. But I think New Orleans has the best package of any team. You want Ingram? I think a package of Ingram, I think I said this to you last time, but Ingram, Nance, Herb Jones, and like a mess of picks, you know, I'm, sure. I'm not going to try and sift through. I want this one, this one. That Like, get me back to net neutral with my picks. They had like 13 first round picks. Yeah. New Orleans has the capability to satisfy what I'm looking for in terms of potential all-star in Ingram, I think. Guy who's showed in the playoffs he could play. Nice role player in Herb Jones who has upside. And, you know, good guy. I kind of just like him in general, Larry Nance. That's fine. That satisfies the salary. And then you could get me all my picks back. You could build with that, and I'm pretty sure Ingram could come with Simmons, right? Yes. That was the one piece that I was yeah. like, okay, this makes this trade the most interesting to me if I'm looking from the Nets' perspective. Because yeah. I learned that on a podcast I was listening to yesterday. I was listening to an athletic podcast, and the New Orleans reporter was like – or it might have been the Hoop Collective – was like, actually, mm-hmm. Brandon Ingram is the only one of the second-year Max guys that can be traded – to the Nets while they still have Ben Simmons because he didn't extend immediately. He got to yeah. free agency. He waited. Then he ended up becoming uh, a max guy. So yeah, you cool. can actually have Ingram, Ingram's Simmons, and then whatever you get back for Kyrie, which is like more like you probably get draft picks from the Lakers or those exactly, two draft picks yeah. from the Lakers. So I I don't think the Nets are really interested in Ross just based on all reporting. They are going to try and reroute him to a third team, which thank God. But yeah. uh I I think I said this one on like the Forgotten Podcast, our lost tape, where I was like, you could sell this like 2016 draft, Simmons, Ingram, one, two. Like you could sell me on Ingram and Simmons. That's a young team with upside. Sure. Get your picks back. No, you're not probably not going to be a title contender for a while. Like that's a good young team with upside. Like I want to end on this with like a player that gives me like hope that they could be good again. You know, I don't want like, like we'll get to the Raptors back. But like Pascal Siakam does nothing for me. I have yeah. zero – could not have less interest in Pascal Siakam. <laughs> Forget that he is one Be of the careful. most – Raptors fans might see this. 
Oh my God. I got flamed <laughs> over the weekend over some of my rapper shit. Some guy replied to me, if Masai trades Scotty Barnes for Kevin Durant, he should be fired. I go like, oh my God. <laughs> There's muted the muted the tweet. But like to me, it's Kevin Durant. Siakam, <laughs> like what is Pascal Siakam as like a, a lone one going to do for me? Like he's a good player. He's 13 all NBA this year or whatever. Sure. Like, come on. Like he's already like kind of I'm towards his more I'm, advanced age. I'm not, I'm not, I'm very, I'm lower on Siakam than most. I feel so like. Um, I don't see it at all. He's yeah. a human bead button. He just spins. I'm, That's it. I'm sorry. If, if you get locked up by Tobias Harris and have to get, get ball screened to death so you can switch under George Niang and Tyrese Maxey, I don't, I don't believe in you. Like that's yeah. just like, like, no, like he's a very good player, but like, once again, we're trading Kevin fucking Durant. Don't miss me with the Pascal Siakam talk. Ingram um, satisfies my like sure. kind of top requirement. Like right. check the box. Like future should be an also like, first of all, I think Brandon Ingram, like there's like, uh, maybe I'm just like sipping the Kool-Aid a little bit, but like, the way he the Pelicans turned it around this year and the way he played in that playoffs, like they had the Suns on the ropes. Sure. And like we're talking, everyone called him baby Durant, like maybe bringing baby Durant for real Durant. Like I could like again, you could talk me into an Ingram centered package. You could do you're that. going through you're going through psychosis. I understand. No, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do just want to say, well, first off. There is context to that Booker didn't play in some of those games, so like, yeah, I think the Suns probably were, they were outmatched for sure. Sure, sure, and like, look, I I've been higher on Brandon Ingram than most people. I was like, if we, I would give, I was like, I would give up whatever we need to, with Ben Simmons, other than Tyrese Maxey, to get Brandon Ingram back, yeah. like a, a few months ago. Like, I was like, I like Brandon Ingram a lot, and like, if you look at like my my whole thing with Ingram is like. I think he probably tops out best as a two, like a Chris Middleton type where yeah, like, he's like a complimentary piece to a, a real superstar. But like, look, the situation that you're in right now, like, you know, you can take what you can get. Like Ingram is still somehow only going to be 25 next year, which hurts my brain to think about. Like he's always getting better. He's a really hard worker. Yeah. He, you can sell it. You, it it's fine. Plus you're going to get other stuff with him. You're not just getting Brandon Ingram. Let's talk about it from the Pelicans perspective of like, that might be the one team – there are, like, two teams where I feel like, to me, the two teams that I, I think have realistic packages that could sell themselves on being a, a title contender because of what they have left. Obviously, Phoenix, but I don't think their their package is realistic. Of the realistic teams, I think Boston and New Orleans are the two teams that are, that are deep enough yeah. and have enough top-end talent. Like, if Zion – the real question mark is Zion. They yeah. just backed Zion for five years, so they obviously can't trade him. But they, if they're maxing him for five years, they think he's going to be healthy. They think that he's going to be back to where he was. And, like, by the way, people forget this because he just missed a whole season, but, like, Zion was a top 20 player at 20 years yeah. old and was legitimately now, him amazing. And, him and Durant are like, that's a scary – like, that's Great crazy. duo. Yeah, Offensively, that's, that's a crazy duo. Yeah, and, like, the tea leaves are there. Like, if I – to answer your question, I kind of cut you off, but to answer your question – I think New Orleans could talk themselves into it. One, they have a very aggressive general manager in David Griffin. He is always willing to risk it to win. He is one of those GMs that is not afraid to go for it. You have a coach in Willie Green who comes in highly respected. He just got this team to overachieve last year after a bad start. You still have CJ McCollum handling the ball. Like they have a lot of pieces that could put together a really strong, like I know the West is crowded, but like with the upside of Zion and Durant as like the proven commodity, I mean, that's a scary team that like they could beat you in a handful of ways more 
they can beat you in more ways than like a Phoenix Durant team can, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, offensively, they would be fucking loaded. Defensively, I think there would be a lot of concerns. I think if you're if you're going with if you keep Jonas Valanciunas in this trade, you have Jonas Valanciunas, who's a decent drop coverage center. You would have uh, Kevin Durant, who when he's in the past, he's shown that he could be a good playoff defender, but like more recently, not as much. But also, he had a large offensive load. He wouldn't have as large of an offensive load in in New Orleans if he had CJ McCollum and a Zion Williams in there. But like defensively, that team's going to be bleeding points for sure, especially if they have to give up Herb Jones and and Larry mm-hmm. Nance, who are probably their two best defenders. So like the way you would talk yourself out of that, I just talked with my buddy uh, Andrew from Sports Drink, who's a big Pelicans fan. He was like, my fear with that trade is like you go with like the you get rid of Ingram, who's been like the guy through all of this that you mm. got. He's the guy you got back for Anthony Davis. And like, of course it's Kevin Durant. You make the trade if you need to make the trade. Yeah. But at the same time, he's like, my fear is that like, they make this trade. They have two or three years while Durant is still Durant. And like, they can be competitive, but like, it doesn't guarantee that they win the West. Yeah. It, it throws their hat in there. And then in a few years from now you go, okay, Zion might want out. And, like, what are we left with? C.J. McCollum's aged out. Kevin Durant's aged out. It would be a real push-in-the-chips move for a team that has literally never done that because they're a small market. and because. But at the same time, he was like, it could help the basketball culture a lot in New Orleans because he's like, people just don't give a shit about the Pelicans there, basically. He's like, Mm. they care more about college football on a Thursday night than a Pelicans game if you're literally in the neighborhood of the arena. Like, that's how much they don't care about the Pelicans. But at the same time, like, if you do that, like, that, like I, I, I would probably make that move if I'm the Pelicans because you've never been relevant. Like, you've just never been relevant, dude. Like, they've literally never been. The only thing they're known for is guys getting upset and leaving. Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, Zion's on his way there. Like, the only argument for keeping Ingram would be like, hey, here's the one guy who actually wants to be here and you're shipping him off. Yeah. The instant you get the chance, which is, you know, it happens in the NBA sometimes. But like to me, if my if I think my team's good enough, even giving up all those pieces, and I get Kevin Durant back, I'm I'm fucking doing it. It's Kevin Durant, dude. It's fucking Kevin Durant. <laughs> I I completely agree with you. One, I guess, counter from what you said, I don't think that the Pelicans need to gut their roster. They have hit on a ton of draft picks. Sure. Trey Murphy's looking like he's going to be at least a rotation player. People love Dyson Daniels, you know. Even if you want to turn in other at like you still have moves to make. Like, I think it might have been Bill and Rosillo. They were talking about maybe it was Zach Lowe. I don't know. I listened to so many podcasts this week after like the Same. long weekend. But um they were talking about how like the, the Timberwolves made like their all-in move. Like they don't even have like the one like the extra move now. Like this is like their move. Right. The Pelicans would still have ammo to make another move on top of True. this, whether it's Valanciunas' contract. And I still think Valanciunas has turned into a, a really like nice player, in my opinion. And then also their young picks. And it's not like they're giving up all their assets. They have so many draft picks that they'll be kind of at – they'll go from like surplus to neutral, you know, right. and then soon trade him. You also have Devontae Graham's contract that you can move. Yeah, so apparently just got a DUI today, that, so that's not great, but – I don't think that the Pelicans need to necessarily gut their roster and gut their, you know, asset, like their treasure chest just to get Durant, which is why I think they're such an attractive trade partner is that they could get Durant and still operate and move and get a little bit better. And so that's why I think the Pelicans are a clear number one. I think it's interesting though. You don't think Toronto, they would have enough to be a title contender. 
if they were to make the move. Okay, so here's Boston. I agree with you with Boston, by the way. If it was like Tatum and Durant, you're good. You're set. You're fine. Yeah, of course. So here's my thing with Toronto. I think Toronto has a lot of good young talent. I think they're an interesting team. I think there's a narrative out there that Masai is this super aggressive GM that just is not true at all. Like, what? how is the Kawhi move aggressive in literally any way? He gave up nothing to get one of the 30 best basketball players of all time. Like, DeMar DeRozan's a very good player, but, like, that team was at the end of the road. They were better with him on the bench than when he played. He was a disaster in the playoffs, and he turned DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pertl, and a late first-round pick into Kawhi Leonard. Even for one year, any GM would fucking do that. Yeah. And especially that... Okay, so another thing that gets lost in there. Danny Green was still really good when they got Danny Green. And mm. he was a throw-in in that trade. So that was a master class by Messiah. I'm not saying that that wasn't a brilliant fucking trade. What I'm saying is that team also had Kyle Lowry. They had, funny enough, Jonas Valanciunas on the team. Mm. And they knew they could trade him, who they traded him for Marcus Gasol as their other all-in move at the deadline. Yeah. They had... Pascal Siakam on the come up, Fred Van Fleet on the come up, OG Ananobi on the come up, and I feel and, and Serge Ibaka who is still really good. Yes, yeah, look at this. Look at this Raptors roster, and if they give up what they need to give up for Kevin Durant, they're not they're not like title favorites by any means. And, and no, I don't even think. No, no. And the, with the as good as the East was that year, like that could have been a disaster in itself. And I think that team after they traded for Kawhi was way better than what Kevin Durant. If you were to give up like Scotty Barnes maybe with OG Ananobi or if you keep OG Ananobi out and you send every single pick with Gary Trent Jr. or whatever, like I, I look at that team and I go, wow, that's a really, it's kind of similar to the Phoenix situation where I go, I don't even think their top end talent's as good as Phoenix top end talent, but like the rest of their roster is pretty thin. And like maybe Masai could pull some shit out of his ass where he gets a guy, but like we're now talking about Precious Achua being the starter on a finals winning team. Like, that's mm. the situation you're in. Like, their bench isn't super deep. Like, look at their bench. Chris Boucher, like, they're fine players. Yeah, but like, Otto. Yeah, that's Otto was a good pickup. I, yeah, I like that pickup for them. Yeah, for sure. Like, I'm not saying that that's a, a bad team by any means. If they just yeah. give up Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., and a ton of picks, then that is 100% a contender with Siakam, uh, KD, Fred Van Fleet. And if you can keep OG, 100%, they're definitely a contender. But my whole thing is, like, I don't think it's this surefire move for them because I think that, like, the team's still pretty thin beyond those guys. Otto Porter Jr., you can't – he's always hurt. You can't really rely on him. Mm. You know, Thad Young's, like, an okay bench guy. Chris Boucher's an okay bench guy. Precious Chu is a decent, like, young player. But, like, I just look at it like – I don't think Pascal Siakam's going to be nearly as effective when he's off the ball when you have Kevin Durant. Yeah. I don't he's think – like, I – yeah, I, like, I, I don't – think it's like this no-brainer trade but obviously if i were like Masai and i thought that i could make this move but it, it like his history suggests he actually doesn't make super aggressive moves like yeah. he doesn't make all-in trades unless it's that one year where everything lined up perfectly it weirdly like let me start by saying this deal doesn't get done without scotty barnes there's a reason of course. why like the reporting has quickly become the Raptors are balking at putting Scotty Barnes in the trade. Sure. Because he needs to be in the trade. You know what I mean? Like people were like flaming me. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, first of all, Scotty Barnes, great young player. Love him. Great pick for awesome. when like everyone thought it was like a four player draft. They took Scotty. He was great rookie of the year. 
the odds of Scotty Barnes becoming as good as Kevin Durant is, is like incredibly low. Like it's, it's so low. It just is. Even this version of Kevin Durant. Exactly. It's so low. Like you need, to me, the swing piece is do I put an OG? Because like you were just right. saying, like this team is kind of thin if they get Durant because of what they likely need to give up to get Durant. Sure. So it's more a question of do the Raptors, because I think the Raptors have a very attractive package, but I'm looking from the Nets lens. It's right. Do the Raptors look at it like we're actually giving up too much that we're not going to get our necessary returns on our investment on Durant because we're giving up OG, Gary, Trent, Scotty, and a handful of picks. Like, yeah, maybe you could hit on the margins, but like you make a good point. The Siakam Durant fit isn't, eh, it's not great. It's all right. Have a, have a great coach though and nurse, sure. trust him to figure it out. And I, you'd have a bunch of good defenders around Kevin Durant, which is yes. always a good thing. I agree. Offensively, might be a little bit stagnant, but I agree with you that I actually think, weirdly, the Raptors need to like have like you know take a minute and think about their risk of going in because you agree with me like this deal doesn't get done without Scotty. If not, it's like a robbery. It in what world are you trading Pascal Siakam at twenty? Like I'm nuts. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, are you? Of course. Well, first off, you're dealing with Raptors fans (laughs) who are the most irrational people on the internet. But second off, like, if I'm the Nets and you have – so this has been the whole thing with, like, negotiating with the Pelicans or the Nets – or, I'm sorry, or the Raptors or one of these teams that has a good young guy that you really want. They don't give a fuck about the picks. They don't give a fuck about whatever. I want the tangible guy who's good right fucking now. If you're the Nets, you still need – not compete for a title, but, like – be in the playoffs, maybe sure. play in, like be relevant. The Nets can't sink back to the bottom. So you need a Scotty Barnes guy that you can say, hey, we lost Kevin, but like look at him. Right. Rookie of the year. He did it. Like this is Scotty. Meet him. So me, I agree with you. It feels like the Raptors, though, I can't tell if Woj continues to say it because like you're trying to like see which every reporter is trying to like make happen, like for who, what, what's his motive. Winworth keeps throwing in the Pelicans. Woj keeps – I'm sorry, I have a landscaper outside, so I don't know if that's picking up. No, you're chilling. Um, or the Pelicans. Like, Winworth keeps saying the Pelicans. Woj keeps saying the Raptors, like, lurking in the mix. I can't tell if he's just doing that on behalf of the Nets. Right. And, like, saying, oh, well, like, we got to up that offer. Like, the Raptors, they're they're in the mix, and, like, they may eventually give up Scotty. So, I'm trying to see through it. I do think the Raptors, though – if they come to terms with parting with Scotty, this deal gets done one way or another. Okay. So once again, I think it's a low chance. I actually think it's a better chance that Boston or New Orleans or one of these teams is just like, fuck it, let's push in all our chips than the Raptors. Because once again, I don't know if that Raptors team is good enough if they get yeah, Durant. Yeah, still look, far away. It's certainly a good team. And like, look, you could talk yourself into it. But like, once again... When they made the move for Kawhi, they gave up. They didn't give up a Scotty Barnes level prospect, and they also didn't give up a ton of draft capital, and they also didn't have like Norman Powell as like the tenth best player on the team. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's that's the major difference to me. Where like they already had everything in line to make that like really good run that they made back in eighteen nineteen. That I'm not one hundred percent sold on that they would if they traded for a thirty four year old Kevin Durant. So. Yeah. Let's just talk very briefly about the Celtics because I've been saying I don't think the Celtics will do it. I I just still am like you're coming off the finals. The optics of it would be really bad to be like coming off the finals. Jalen Brown gets better every year. Like he would have to be the guy that's included 
But is there any package from so like we have New Orleans is one, Toronto is two, Celtics is three, I assume. Yeah, I to me it's Jay, and we spoke about this like Ingram and Jalen Brown. That's kind of like my floor of who I'm accepting as sure. a piece. I do like Jalen Brown. Showed a lot in the finals. I do think he needs to learn how to dribble a little bit better, but I think he's really good. To me, though, the package from the Celtics, it's what? I don't even know if this goes through or not, but you got what? Jalen, Smart, Time Lord. And I was going to say, I was going to say, is it, is it, because right now what the Celtics have been doing is like fleecing teams of like, we're not giving up basically anything to get back. Like, I mean, who knows if the Malcolm Brogdon thing, like with his health and stuff, but like, they're basically like, we're not giving up any of our core pieces unless we know we're getting back like a Kevin Durant level player. So I, I would be hesitant to do both Time Lord and Smart from them. I agree. But like, that has to be the deal. Sure. Right? Like, or, or something like that, where like, maybe you can swap in because look, maybe you can talk them into like swapping in. Um, that like, deal also it, doesn't work. Then that's what I have to send out a little bit more. But, okay, whatever. You throw yeah, in yeah, – yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll although I guess – That's that's a later issue, but yeah. Although the salary is like kind of like you you got to give up someone good to make that work. But let's just say it's one yeah. of Time Lord or Smart. Let's just say like they're like we want Brown, Smart, uh, Grant Williams, and Picks. Like – But those picks are going to be bad. Like those True. picks are like confirmed bad. Because like – Are they though? Dude. Because think about it like this. Are they confirmed bad? They can't give – so they just traded for Malcolm Brogdon for next year's pick, so they can't trade next year's pick. So there's less picks available to trade. But my whole thing is, like, are we guaranteed that Boston's picks are going to be bad because Kevin Durant's old, Al Horford's old, Jason Tatum's the only one left there, and that's possibly why they would say we are not going to do this deal is because if we have to give up – and, like, Time Lord, even if you keep Time Lord, like, his injury concerns, like – the bottom could think, fall out there, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, Boston. In a few years. To me, Boston, it feels a little – I think it's probably the least likely for both sides, like you just said. But also, the Raptors and Pelicans just could offer better packages than Boston. Like, to me, like a Jalen Brown, even – let's just say all three, right? They give up all of those guys. Like, what is that going to get you? Like, they're good. They just went to the finals, but they also had Jason Tatum leading the way. They had Al Horford taking steroids and being awesome. Like, they had a lot of things <laughs> break their way. Sure. So, I don't know if that three really does much. They, again, fringy playoff. Like, what's the upside with, like, Smart? Time Lord's really good, but, like, Smart, I, I still think Smart's closer to, like, a fifth guy than a third guy. You know, it okay. doesn't sit that well with me. And also, the timelines of Boston really kind of – they um, – divert a little bit whereas like jay the two jays for argument's sake they're on the same timeline they sure. are together they are linked whatever like you could sell that long term whereas like duran might be here for a few years then he's gonna retire then all of a sudden it's tatum alone and they don't have as many assets and like i don't know i i think boston might be a little gun shy in this trade even though it's typically yeah. a, they are an aggressive team but that was also Ainge. this is brad stevens right and but they, I, made, they made aggressive moves this year to improve sure. this feels yeah like but they're for role players giving up this first is, round like, picks this is not aggressive this is like this we're is all in grand like, slam swing yeah like, this yeah, is yeah. it now we're going i don't know if brett i'm not gonna say brad stevens doesn't have the nuts to do it but i don't know if brad stevens has the nuts to do it. okay so i agree I, I don't think they do it. Although I, I'm looking at that team and like the only issue there is like if you could somehow hold on to – if you could somehow hold on to Time Lord, I might talk myself into that just yes. because it's like 
Then you have you I'm still have try the swing piece. Yeah, you you still have Brogdon. You still have White. You still have like although who knows how much you can trust White in the playoffs. Like you, you've made yourself into such a deep team that you might be able to sacrifice like those two guys, Smart and Brown, and maybe Williams off the bench and. And then just be like, okay, we're gonna go jumbo big. We're gonna put Tatum at the two, <laughs> and we're gonna put we're gonna put Tatum at the two. We're gonna put Durant at the three. We're gonna put William or we're gonna put Horford at the four and Williams at the five, and then Brogdon as your start. Like Brogdon as your starting point guard. You just, the smallest person there is six foot five. You're just a massive lineup. Like I could talk myself into that, but it is a massive risk that I don't think the Brad also, team is gonna take. I don't know if the Nets would trade with the Celtics. I know they definitely won't trade with the Knicks. I kind of feel like the Celtics are also in that mix. Like okay. obviously the last trade, like all this stuff, like we just play the Celtics and back-to-back postings. Like I, sure. I feel like, like obviously if they're the best deal, you take the best deal, but I could see the Nets trying to put off making this trade with the Celtics specifically. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, I don't think they would make that trade either. I think that that would have to be like the last, like mm-hmm. worst case scenario for them. Like, where and if like, that's the case, I see the Nets more likely taking some sort of Phoenix package with like a bunch of other teams and sure. like you know, throwing that all together than sure. like trading one on one with the Celtics again. That would the optics of that for both sides would probably not be great. True. All right, so we have that, uh, and then there there's just a few more things that I want to talk about here, which is the two wild card teams that I don't think are realistic but I have to bring them up and they wouldn't even be able to happen for a few months. Okay. So the Grizzlies and the Blazers, Mm. the Grizzlies is complicated because one, I don't think that they're like, everyone's been saying they're a little bit too high on their own supply when it comes to like guys, they draft and develop and like, like they love, like that's, that's part of the fun for them is like build is building like yeah or like well like look like d'anthony melton they just traded d'anthony melton for a prospect i like in david roddy but like you know you're not like david roddy isn't guaranteed to be anything but they just trust Mm. their scouting and their development so much that they think they can turn him into a guy which fair enough when you have to pay you know your guys and you're in a small market like when Bain's contract kicks in and Jaws contract and you already extended Jaron Jackson Jr. Like maybe you want to save as much as you can on the mar- on the margins and not extend a guy like Melton, whatever. But yeah. like, I still think Melton would make them a much better team next year than, than David Roddy. So yeah. I, I look at it like with the Grizzlies, the Jaron Jackson Jr. Injury, just he's hurt again. And like, yeah. it would have to be, by the way, I think it would have to be Jaron Jackson Jr., Bane, and stuff. Like, I don't yeah. think it could just be, like, people would talk about like, oh, like, well, you could do Jaron Jackson Jr. and a bunch of stuff or Bane and a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, it would have to be both of them. And yeah. at that point, like, maybe you just trust the John Kevin Durant combo so much that you're just like, fuck it. We're going all in on like these two offensive superstars. And we're hoping that like, Dylan Brooks and whoever else we can pull out of our ass in the draft and Jake LaRavia and whatever can yeah. like cover for them. But you're getting, you're, you're getting a little bit dicey there. I I don't see a Grizzlies package happening. I just, now this, tri- this triple J injury, like you said, but like if we're like comparing packages, like Scotty Barnes is a much better prospect than either Bain or triple J. And I like both. I like, again, sure. this isn't a knock on them. That's what it is. You need to give up both of them if you want Kevin Durant. So I just don't see the Grizzlies making that type of move. I feel like they're cool doing what they're like. This is like a complete about face from what they've done in the past. Whereas the Blazers, on the other hand, I know there's a new GM in there, but it looks like they're being aggressive and I could see them 
maybe getting in the mix. But I mean, what do you see that package being? Well, I mean, it would have to be what everything but Dame. Yeah. Like, I mean, like it would have to be Simon. So they have any? Like, well, they have to them. wait a few months to be able to trade Simon. They yeah, have to tra- six months because he just extended. But like, Simon doesn't do it for me though. Okay, so Simon doesn't do it for you, then you're probably not interested in the trade. But it would have to be I like see them getting aggressive. Right. Simon's sharp, uh, Josh Hart. I'm like trying to yeah. think of like who's even on their team. Like that would suck. That team, the Nets would suck. Then hold on, I'm that looking be the at the worst package. I'm actually, I'm probably one of the only. If you go back and you watch the stream, everyone was like, "How much did Anthony Simons get?" And I'm like, "I think Anthony Simons is pretty good." Like I, yeah, it's a, it's a contract. He's, he's not a superstar, but like. Uh, he's 22 still and like legitimately amazing on pull-ups and like is a pretty good playmaker and ball handler. Like there's definitely something there. Now, if I'm trading Kevin Durant, Jalen Brunson or Anthony Simons, I know what I would say right now on their cut. They have like a similar contract now. Well, yeah, but Jalen Brunson's like four years older. That's what I'm saying. I'd rather have Simon still. Yeah. 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 I'm saying like, if I'm building a team and like, I'm trying to like, yeah, like I, I think Simon's ceiling is significantly higher oh, than what sure. Brunson's is. But like on this next contract, Brunson might give you more just because he's 26 and Simon's is 22. And like he might not like Simon's might not be contributing to like high level basketball. Like his defense is really, really, really bad. Like he's yeah. like a Trey Lo- Young level defender. Like that is that's it's that's tough. scary. It's tough for the Nets. Like again, we're talking about like selling this to the fans. You just trade sure. Kevin Durant. Like you're getting Anthony Simon's back <laughs> as like the headline. Like that's not doing it. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. neither is Triple J and Bain for that matter. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you need, the Nets need to come away. And, I mean, it's what they're requesting. They're asking for at least one all-star, a good role player, and a significant draft package. So, you need a guy that, like, it, like season ticket holder meeting. Like, meet and greet Sean Marks. Everyone's mad at him. And he goes, I know we gave up Kevin Durant, but we got this. We got Anthony Simons. We got Anthony Simons on a $100 million contract already. Like, you need something that could sell the fan base. That could make me say, all right, like we can make the playoffs again and we could try and put this behind us. Sure. All right. Yeah, no, I get that. I I, I think those two teams are more of a long shot, but they're definitely going to be aggressive. Like, yes. It would have to be like every good young player they have plus every pick they have, Like, which is like – if you believe in Shane Schmitz. Sharp, yeah, I, I was going to say Mike. I I joked that I was like, wouldn't it be funny if they just hired Mike Schmitz to be like the draft guy to like bring in Shane Sharp and and scout for them, and then they're like, hey, by the way, we just traded a decade worth of picks to get Kevin Durant, so your job is like kind of useless now. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, look, man. Uh, I will say, I'm not I'm not crazy high on Shane Sharp as like a future superstar, nope. but. But if Mike Schmitz likes him, there's definitely something there because Mike Schmitz is super smart and like they're not drafting him if Mike Schmitz doesn't like him. So like there's at least something to build with there. Uh, but okay, so so we 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 can go down our packages and we can rank them now. So number one is the Pelicans, the Ingram package. Yes, which is Ingram, Herb Jones, picks. And and Nance. Okay, so yeah. that's like your number one. That's kind of fits exactly the bill that you're talking about. Like yeah. good all-star player, role players, that and also that might have a little bit more upside in Herb Jones and then draft picks, and they have a ton of draft picks. So mm-hmm. that's number one. Number two is Toronto, the Scotty Barnes package that uh would be like Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr. or OG. Because like if OG has to be included, I don't think Toronto does it. If if it's Gary Trent Jr. in picks, then okay, maybe we can we can. I would talk. rather OG. I'm pretty high Obviously. on OG, but I also yeah. do like Gary Trent. So 
Like, again, if that's the swing piece and Gary Trent gets it on, I would still put that Toronto package pretty high. Because Scotty, to me, he does have all-star upside, and that's what we're trying to sell here. Sure, sure, sure. So, okay, so Toronto to Boston three, I assume, with the Jalen Brown package? Yeah, Boston would be three. Yeah. But, like, that and would then- have- I probably need all three of those guys. Okay. Round, and then your long, and then your because the picks aren't going to be that good. And then your long shot package is, your long shot package is the Jazz uh, deciding to blow it up, and then you just move at heaven and earth, including Ben Simmons and yeah. uh, and Kevin Durant to get Donovan Mitchell back as the main guy, and Bridges and Cam Johnson. I know it's a lot, but like, sure. If you if you map it out on paper, it actually makes a little bit of sense. But <laughs> if you're just Charlie Kelly at the cork board and you're like, That's literally listen, <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. I, this was me during the Ben Simmons shit for seven, eight months. Like, I was like pulling my fucking hair out trying to figure out a trade for this guy. All yes. right, so uh, before we get out of here, I just need to we need to laugh at the Lakers for a little bit, um, because. Kyrie Irving, obviously the rumor is he wants to play for the Lakers. LeBron wants him. He wants to play there beyond next year. He wants to extend, blah, 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 all that shit. The Lakers reporters, like Dave McMenamin and, uh, wait, Tim McMenamin, Dave McMenamin, am I Dave messing McMenamin. up? Too? Tim McMahon, Dave, Dave McMenamin. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dave McMenamin um, are like basically – Going out there, win horse two, being like, look, the Lakers have a very enticing package of Russell Westbrook, the worst contract in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, who is, isn't is good. And by the way, stop selling Taylor Horton Tucker as a positive trade piece in trades. He's not a positive. Okay, let's just talk about the Taylor Horton Tucker thing because – Everyone says he's a promising young player who, which uh, that's arguable. I don't even know if he is. He's done nothing in the NBA outside of the preseason. Two, yes, he's 21 or 22 still, but like he makes already is on his second contract because he was a second round pick. So they extended him for $9.5 million. And then he has a player option on not this upcoming year, but the next year. So if you trade for him, and he's bad, you're like, fuck, now we got to pay this guy $9.5 million this year and next year. And if he's good, he can opt out and you got to pay him a bunch more money. Like, how is Taylor Tucker, Taylor Horton Tucker even discussed as a positive asset in any of these trades? Yeah, I mean, the Lakers, they have nothing. They, they really don't. And I mean, I guess the Nets are just posturing. And also, like, the underrated thing is, like, if the Kyrie Lakers thing goes south, isn't LeBron out next year? Like, I sure. like these, I guess, if the Nets... I imagine the Nets don't want to make Kyrie happy and send to the Lakers. That being said, if the Lakers are going to give up two unprotected ones to get him, like this team is going to be god awful soon. They just sure. are. They're going to be miserable because LeBron is going to leave. We had like yeah. Genie Bus like drunk tweeting, subtweeting LeBron. Like that was wild. I couldn't believe yeah. that. Like I saw that. Like that relationship is going to end. And like you think Kyrie's going to hang around when LeBron leaves? Like no way. Kyrie at this point is like a hired gun. He's only following where the stars are. He's just trying to hitch his wagon to the right guy. So I see, like, again, if the Nets could reroute Westbrook, take those two unprotected ones, even take one unprotected one, something back, not THC, but, like, if you want to expand the deal, I just think, you know, the way that they're phrasing this Lakers, like, Chris Haynes got we'll take Joe. We'll take Joe Harris. Chris Haynes got so ruined. He goes – like this whole article on the, like the Nets and uh, Nets and Lakers have spoken or whatever. Like 
they're, they're debating over like Seth Curry and Joe Harris for the salary matches. And then like, he like retweets himself five minutes later. He's like, the Nets maintain that they are in preliminary discussions. Like nothing has gained traction. Like basically saying right. like, that came from the Lakers. <laughs> right. know, the Lakers, like, yeah. The Lakers told me this and I'm saying it to make them happy. And LeBron basically yeah. so that I, he's no, on my the side. The Lakers have nothing. Also, so apparently Chris Haynes said last night on like his pod or stream or something with, I think it was like Vincent Goodwill was like, KD's gone dark. He's not answering anyone. Is that only Damian Lillard or is there someone else yeah. that he won't answer? <laughs> 100%, 100% chance that Dame's like, yeah, KD won't respond to my tag. Or CJ McCollum. It's probably CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. And since he's a Portland guy, he's boys with both of them. And CJ's like, yo, come to the Pelicans. And, and he's like, I don't want to go to New Orleans. And then he's like, yo, come to the Blazers. He's like, I don't want to go to the Blazers. So he literally, yeah, it, it is, it is that he's gone dark because he doesn't want to talk to guys who he's like casually friends with probably. And he's like, I actually want to go play with book in Phoenix. But, um, so I, I do just want to say like the one thing about, the Lakers think it's laughable that they think they have any leverage in the situation. They have the worst contract in the NBA that no one wants, even if it is expiring, mm. it's a terrible contract and no one wants to pay Russell Westbrook 40 million or even buy him out to not play next year. So the only way I would ever do that, if I'm the Nets, if the, the, the problem becomes, doesn't Westbrook make so much more money than Kyrie, even that you yeah. have to send back to throw in something to get him, which is like, that's why it's like, what are we doing here? Like maybe they can wait out the competition, but like, I truly believe the Nets may say, like, they'll get the Durant package and then they'll just tell Kyrie, like, we're not sending you to LA and taking back. Like, we're not giving up more to get rid of you. We don't like you to begin Pick with. Pick another team. Just yeah, sit like, out. They, I, th- yeah. I truly believe they'll be like, just sit out. We're not going to yeah. play you. Like, it, it's done. I, I yeah. really believe that there's really, the Lakers have such little upside. The only leverage I guess they have is that they're the only team interested. But I yeah. really think the Nets will just be like, Fuck you! Like we're not gonna like we're not doing this. Like there's yeah, no, no I'm with you. I'm totally with you on that. I I but I also am like my my thought was maybe the, I know the Spurs are rebuilding, so like they wouldn't have a ton of interest in like taking on Westbrook's contract without getting something back. But like maybe they could take on Westbrook's contract and uh, maybe Joe Harris and like try to like rehabilitate him and then flip him later and then move out like. To, Doug McDermott or Zach Collins or whoever just to make the money work. Yeah. I know the fact they gave Zach Collins so much money is a joke, but like, like my thought on this is like basically like if the Spurs, because like here's the thing you want those two unprotected first, well, why are the Spurs taking exactly. that's why this, Russell Westbrook? This deal is so screwed to begin with. Like, right. it, it just again, it's like what I was talking about with um, who was it? Was it I think Phoenix and the Nets in Utah? Like, Two guys, two teams need to be paid while one is paying. The Lakers right. are paying and they're broke anyway. <laughs> they're right. literally they got so much debt. Yeah, they have nothing. Unless That's the Spurs they... actually like Taylor Horton Tucker, which they shouldn't, like yeah. because of what it's, we just discussed. Yeah. That's why it makes no sense to me that like this Lakers deal. I mean, like I say that, and I'll probably go through anyway. But like the logic isn't there. It'd be the Nets again, just trying to wipe their hands clean the situation, so, and move on. Which I hate the only reason I would consider taking on Russ's contract in this situation. Next year's probably you're probably gonna not be as good next year. And I know yeah. you would rather die than watch Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons as your backcourt. Literally a headache. And it sounds like a nightmare to me. But <laughs> they're probably not gonna be that good next year anyway. He'll like Russ is a negative at this point. Like I don't even think he's like Wizards Russ, where like he can help you win like 35 games or whatever. Yeah. But like 
maybe you could come to a buyout agreement, maybe whatever. And like, I'd probably just do it because it's like, well, we could hold out Kyrie and he could walk for nothing because he's fucking Kyrie because he, he might be the only player other than Ben Simmons in the NBA that will sit out an entire season mm-hmm. just to get what he wants. And at least I could say like the Lakers absolutely have to give up those two unprotected first in 27 and 29. And I could happily say, you know, they need to make LeBron happy. Yeah. At least we got two future picks for a team that's probably going to be pretty bad in a few years. And we were, you know, we've wiped our hands clean of the Kyrie situation. And we now at least have more draft picks that, by the way, you don't even have to keep those draft picks. Like if you want to make your team good and competitive, if someone becomes available, like even like you flip one of those picks or two of those picks for Miles Turner or something yeah. to make your, your team good next year. Those like, picks are going to be good. I mean, yeah. that 27, 29, that's five and seven years from now. LeBron's not, he's what, 36 now? 37? He's 37. Yeah. Like, with all due respect, like LeBron's amazing, but like he's not playing on the Lakers nonetheless five more years. Like the Blazers no. would be terrible. Yeah. So, so that, that's, that's kind of the whole conversation. Um, what's your gut feeling uh, before we get out of here? I think it's done in the next two weeks. Okay. And if after I summer league, guys, what? After summer yeah, league, I, I think there's there. some sort of meeting that some guy yeah. will get the scoop on and it will go down. And, uh, I definitely don't think they're back next year. Definitely. I don't see any like last dance happening. I think the bridge has been burned. Why? I don't know. Um, if I had to guess, I hope the Mitchell thing goes through. I, I think that that's more possible than it seems like when I say it. Um, I just really hope we don't settle and take some shitty package. That would really hurt. I do think, yeah, I guess if I had to put it together, Katie's on the Suns and the Nets do end up with Donovan Mitchell and some complicated like five-team deal. I yeah, That will be sense. my prediction, I guess. I'll put that one on the board. All right, cool. So plug whatever you need to plug. I know that you said you wanted to shout out a few things um, yeah, no, before just, we get out of here. Yeah, make sure you're following me, obviously, at Reed Wallach. Uh, BetSided, that's where I work. We have a ton of content on our website, www.betsided.com. Our YouTube page, subscribe, Twitter, we're everywhere. We're doing a bunch of stuff. So, yeah, and thanks for having me on as always, man. Yeah, of course. Anytime, dude. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, the biggest thing that happened during this podcast was – John Conchar going back to the uh, Grizzlies, but I'm soon. I'm sure before this podcast even can be published, that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving will be traded. So we at least have that to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, All right. Thanks, bud. Thanks. Peace.